professional amateurs. I'm so glad you asked. And I'll even tell him where, he where I live, like you can come and have dinner with me or something. Off the rails. Hoping to make you look stupid. I want to be unbiased, but I'm not. Shane Wright, Shane Wright. Like how stupid can you be? Sorry, Rude. All right, uncut in three, two, one, go. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 8 of Professional Amateurs. Today we're going to talk about Ryan Hart, the Ryan Hartman situation. Who who did he flip the bird to? Evander Kane. Oh yeah, that's right. So then he got a fine for that. Uh, Carey Price returned over the weekend on Friday. And uh, we're going to talk about the Eugene Melnick article that was released at The Athletic. Uh, but first, how are you boys doing? I'm doing alright. Uh, long weekend always is... Uh welcomed for sure i was able to get home see a little bit of family get some good dinner so uh, always good crush that turkey oh yeah jack how about you i was all right i got a couple exams left so just not studying but thinking about studying so hating so, myself <laughs> so so you took easter as a uh, a weekend off of school every day is off of school okay fair enough fair enough how uh, how was your weekend mitchell it was good. Uh, went up yeah, to Kingston. Probably move on. I think that's <laughs> went up, went up to Kingston on uh, Sunday. Completely hungover from the night before. Uh, went out Saturday night with my girlfriend's sister and her boyfriend, and uh, ran into Brady Kachuk right before they went and did their karaoke at the Heart and Crown, which was all over Twitter. So that was kind of cool. Um, first time I've ever seen a senator in the wild before. Um, so <laughs> in the fucking forest. Like, there he is. <laughs> well, you always like how else? I don't know. I thought it was a funny way to word it, and uh, but it was funny. So um, we were at uh, Blue Cactus having drinks before the bar, and uh, the table next to us was just like kind of murmuring about Brady, how Brady Kachuk was there, and I was completely out of it. So I was like, I was like, who said Brady Kachuk's here? And they kind of turned to me and they were like, he's over there, man. He's over there. And like, none of them wanted to go disturb him because like, I don't know, they were, they were more mature than I was. And so I straight up got up, handed my phone to Jaden and was like, I'm, come take a picture of me. I'm going to get a picture of him. And it was just like, I went and tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, Brady, can I get a picture? He just kind of turned around. It was so funny. Yeah. And he just like sucker punched <laughs> Yeah, like it so, wasn't him it was just some guy getting buzzed yeah. at the bar okay but literally though um after we took the picture of him with him he looked like it was a weird angle so it almost didn't look like him in the picture <laughs> and so when we were leaving i was like questioning whether or not it was brady kachak hey imagine like two seats down was brady kachak <laughs> And all the people at like the table that didn't want to go up are like this fucking idiot. <laughs> it was Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> yeah, I I can confirm that uh, Mitch was out of it because he did send me the picture, um, and followed was just a complete incoherence of text. <laughs> like I I don't think he spelled a single word right after he sent me. Yeah, he, it, like it, look, it was it was a tough night, but that that was real that was a good I, was well worth it, though. I don't even want to mention what you fucking drunk texted me about what did i is it appropriate it is not appropriate okay you guys discuss i'm going to find it and see if i'm willing to bring it up jack do the, <laughs> do the shout outs uh ryan hartman is donating like i think it was like 40 grand that was raised to pay off his four thousand dollar fine uh he's paying the fine himself he's donating it all to uh i think the children's hospital in minnesota a good guy move nice yeah. to see the fans rally against evander kane um carrie <laughs> price made rally return. <laughs> what no it's just funny Fuck rally em. against evander kane like, they I, raised I, more money than he's worth no i know <laughs> uh carrie price return not exactly what is all you want but um he played a good game nice to see him back you can see kind of the uh just in the interviews, the mood is up in the room. He's means so much to that room and to the team. It was awesome to see him. Like he had the kids out at the Jays game. Not his kids, like the actual players, but were you surprised that he returned? Not really. Because I, I, I hadn't really heard anything about it. And then I just saw it say Carrie Price playing tonight. I was like, what the hell? Uh he went on like the I knew he was on that road trip and he was like right. at the at ball game with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and he looks like the dad in the picture. Yeah. 
Um, so I knew he was with the team. I knew it was kind of coming up. And I think what better time than some garbage games when they don't matter to throw Fair. him out there. Yeah. Um, and just the way the team played, like I think there was a much higher effort in scoring a goal. So that's what he's used to. Yeah. It's nice. Just like old, old times, no offense. Yeah. I, I, I was pumped that he was back. I, I really hadn't been following the story. Um, I think I saw it was mentioned that they put someone on LTIR. So they had enough room to like activate price, but I didn't think anything of it. Cause I, I didn't think price was supposed to be back at all. Um, so I just, I just thought that that was really cool. Cause NHL is better when he's playing. Yeah, for sure. And I think regardless of where his talent lays, like that's not what's important. His health is back and that's important both with the mental health and the physical issues. And then, uh, and then next up, uh, so I, I saw the text. Uh, we're going to leave it. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll disclose those with Ryan off, off air. <laughs> um, so stupid. It was very, uh, it was very, it had to do with diarrhea. But, um, and sorry, I'm just getting a call. I got to reject that. Um, okay, sorry. And then, so this is a very chaotic start. I'm very sorry. Um, okay, so moving we put on. Diarrhea in the title of this pod. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Undisclosed diarrhea, episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Medicals and diarrhea. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Um, the Eugene Melnick article, uh, written by Katie Strang, was released over the weekend, I think, just at the end of last week. Um, I got around to reading it. I know Ryan did. Jack, did you end up getting a chance? Yeah, I read it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, what were you, do you guys have any initial thoughts? Like, do you really want to get into it? What's up? Um, we don't have to go too, too deep into it, but I think just don't initial ruin thought. Ryan's hero. What? <laughs> don't want you to cry. We're talking about your hero coming up. Oh, yeah. Head. No, he's definitely not my hero, but... No. Um, no, I think just initial thoughts is as a sentence fan, um, I think this is like a lot of what you heard from the outside and now it's just being con contextualized um, with real stories with real former employees and how toxic the workplace was. Um, there was a lot of uh, criticism of the timing of it, like it being so soon after his death. Um, I didn't really see a problem with it because uh, in my opinion, these stories kind of needed to be told so so the organization can reconcile and move forward and make sure that these practices aren't in place moving forward. Um, what did what did you think, Jack? Uh, no, like I, I I didn't have an issue with the timing. I, part of me is a little cynical and I would have loved it to come out while he was still alive so that he could see that everyone knows what was really going on because some pretty horrible things and I think uh people are worried about like damaging his image and stuff and I think that's the issue is the image should be damaged if that's the stuff that was going on I my my biggest issue was that people who complained about the timing of it because if not now then when like apparently the senators were incensed about how close it was put out after he passed but I almost feel like there was never a time where it wasn't going to be criticized especially from now going forward while he's been dead. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like the reception to the timing would have been the same now as it would have been a year from now. And, and like, right now, like, this is the time when decisions are going to be made yeah. about the, the future of the franchise. And, like, right now is when you have the opportunity to correct, um, like, some of the toxic culture that was um, in place under Melnick and just – how poorly run the franchise was really run yeah apparently a lot of people were really scared to talk while he was still alive like that's what i was just gonna say is that's why it took until now to come out was because he held a lot of power and people were afraid of that yeah he he always like threatened either firing employees or suing people like that's that was always his go-to and I also read that uh, the, the tone of the article was altered a lot after he passed away. Um, yeah, the, like, the, auth the authors of the article held a, a, a round table where they kind of discussed their, their thought process, uh, writing it and then like what decisions were, had to be made after he passed. And it was a really good explanation if people want like a further depth uh, 
look at that is on the athletics hockey podcast there did uh did any of it really catch you guys by surprise anything in particular or just in general i think just like how ridiculous some of the things were like melnick being incensed over um like inclusive marketing um like the love is love campaign. yeah the love is love and even some of like the like even the statement that the sends put out over the um uh, blm movement yeah. um like apparently he wasn't happy about that and it was a garbage statement to begin with it was a, yeah it was, i was just about to say it was a garbage statement anyway yeah um i don't know it's just it's it's always shocking to hear those things but like I said, as a Sens fan, you kind of heard rumors of how bad things really were. It's just tough the, to read it sometimes. The I think the wildest part about the story is that a lot of it revolved around the Ukrainian man that he hired to work for him in Barbados and sort of that relationship. It, it almost speaks to like how much turmoil there was in and around the senators because of that because of how the article illustrates that relationship between Melnick and this man and how chaotic it was and how back and forth it was. And that was with one of his closest relationships. Like it, it almost seemed like he, he treated him as a son and then just sort of kicked him to the curb when he felt like it, but still stayed in touch and sent him money when Russia had their invasion on Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. And you can only imagine how much more chaotic and dysfunctional he would have treated people who he he didn't care that much about yeah so it it just really brings light and and they even go into that like how he addressed some employees in emails and how he would call them over vacation and and just so much stuff that um i would say it was hard to read but i kind of just saw a lot of it coming i didn't really i didn't really know that the article was going to be released it was a bit of a surprise to me i knew it was like it was being worked on but I didn't know it was being released that soon. Um, so it was a bit unexpected and caught me off guard a little bit, but honestly, not much of what, ha- what I read in the article surprised me. And yeah, the one thing that kind of stood out to me was how embarrassed players were. Um, I forget what year it was, but it was one of the years like Otto eliminated Boston and he was doing like a golfing motion and like yeah. chirping Patrice Bergeron. And players are just like embarrassed that like, yeah, that's our owner. Like yeah. he just, he sounds like a fucking drunk parent at a house league hockey game, taking it too far. Well, apparently he would get drunk at the games all the time. They said too, mm-hmm. which is really bad as an owner. Yeah. Um, no, it was, was uh, not all of it was surprising. Cause I think, I think I mentioned before, like if you're that rich, you're not necessarily making friends on the way up, but yeah, some pretty uh, disgusting stuff for sure. In general, um, I, I definitely think that just because he passed away doesn't mean that that stuff should have been kept sort of under wrap. I, th- I think it's good that they still went through with it and put it out. Um, regardless of how many people think it was insensitive or whatever, that stuff happened regardless of the state of Eugene Melnick's life, you know, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so do you guys have anything else on that? I was pretty, not surprised, but kind of disappointed with the lack of coverage towards it. Oh my God, yeah. Like, not surprised, because people don't want to, like, take their brand or their reporting, whatever agency they work for. They don't want to be the ones under fire, but still, like, it was... The TSN, um, like, the Sens, well, not the Sens team. Although, I don't know if, like, Gary Osh and Mathod and all those guys are Sens-specific. I think they are, but there, there's been no mention of it um sportsnet hasn't mentioned it tsn hasn't mentioned it i don't even think the nhl has mentioned it like there's been nothing i'm pretty sure they anyone in and around the nhl and those covering the nhl would honestly rather this thing just be forgotten about yeah the 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 only mainstream mention of it that i've seen is uh elliot friedman uh briefly talked about it in in one of his recent 32 thoughts but like and that that, was that that was it that was it yeah we've spent longer talking about it than they did yeah um and so so the other thing which is kind of on topic with the nhl sort of kicking stuff under the rug um did you guys see the timing of the because they they released the um i don't know what the word for it is but basically the report on the whole kyle beach situation it it Um, was the report nhlpa into donald fear into donald fears uh 
like actions in it. Yeah. So, so that was supposed to be put out, I think Friday morning. And I guess there was a power outage, which is bullshit. And then I got put out, I think at 4 PM on good Friday when nobody cares about stuff that's going on in the NHL. Um, so just, I think that drew a lot of ire from a lot of fans. Um, just the fact that they tried to release it at a time when nobody would really be on their phone or on Twitter or whatever, or even willing to read a however many page long report on the biggest scandal in NHL history. Um, so just, I don't know. It's just the way the league deals with this sort of stuff really bothers me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm alone with that in that. I don't know how about how you guys feel about that, but I just tough weekend for the NHL again. Yeah, like, I'm not really surprised by that type of shit. Like, if they really wanted to fix it, they wouldn't be doing stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's... They've been doing it for how long? They're not going to just stop. Yeah. Anything from you, Ryan? No, I, I think we're good. All right. So, with that, let's change the tone up on this uh, podcast a little bit. Um, we promised Jack a little while ago that we were going to have a fun <laughs> podcast where we throw out some either fun over-unders or hypothetical questions just to sort of shoot the shit for a podcast. Um, and since most playoff spots are more or less wrapped up, uh, a lot of the awards we could probably go into a little bit later. I think now is a good time to get into that. Um, so yeah, this is just going to be a fun podcast where we go over some dumb hypotheticals or fun whatever totals, whatever. And uh yeah, so that's what we're going to do now. Um, do either of you guys want to lead off? Ryan, yeah. do, you, do you have any prepared? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, okay, okay. I, I, I could throw them out there. Well, no, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like be like, hey, Ryan, do you have one? And then he'd be like, uh, so I wanted to just ask to make sure. Yeah, no, I got some. Okay, I got some too. So are we waiting on Jack to lead off? Yeah. All righty. All right. Over under 1.5 cups for Tampa on the Brandon Hagel contract. Ooh. I'm saying under. Yeah, I'm going under too. I think that's an easy one, to be honest. Okay. Well, okay. So why <laughs> fucking ask one? <laughs> no, okay. Well, that's not how it's going to work. We need to actually talk about this stuff. We can just be like over, <laughs> under, under, question. move on. What do you, okay, what do you think? I mean, I always, I'm always for under on stuff like that. There's too much can go wrong. Um, but I think it's interesting because it's such a stellar contract for three years, and they've won back to back. If if they do go over, that's either four straight cups or four cups in five years, which yeah. is insane. Um, yeah, I think I think that's an under. Uh, yeah. Ryan went <laughs> under Jack. Okay, Jack, what do you think if it was? half a cup like do you think they're going to win a cup with brandon hagel yes. yeah when do you think it'd be this year i'd say next year if i had to pick a year okay ryan half a cup yeah i'd probably give it to them but it, it wouldn't be this year sure. I, I don't i don't i don't think tampa's gonna win another one to be honest i would say under still like i just it's not it's not like anything against Tampa and I, this is probably going to look really wrong in two years, but I just, there's so many other better teams than them this year, at least in the regular season that haven't gotten there yet that yeah. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe some passiveness will kind of come, maybe not passive, but um, they've definitely coasted through the regular season. And I just think that especially today when there's so many good teams, especially this year, I just think it's going to be really tough for Tampa to sort of get back to the, cup yeah i i just think that as long as they have that core signed up and they do i i think they're going to keep going for it so it wouldn't shock me if they get one more i i just hope kucherov stays healthy next year yeah he's missed so much time um and he just i guess we talked about him a little bit i can't remember if it was last episode or the episode before but talked about how kucherov has almost become underrated and i just think that like that dude. I think you would, said that and we disagreed. Okay, yeah. whatever. Um, and I think I think Kucherov would be like pencil him in for 100, 110 points if he stayed healthy. But it'll it'll be interesting for sure. That's a good one. Uh, Ryan, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, 
So with the Parise and Suter uh, buyouts looming in Minnesota, um, they have a crazy like dead cap situation over the next three years. Over under 1.5 playoff appearances in those three years. Oh, man. I'll take over on that. More than half, or I guess now it's half the teams make the playoffs. And they've got an electric player with Caprizal. I think you can drag them in twice. Yeah, and and yeah, I think I'm going to take the over two. But I think it's going to be in the first two years because that third year is going to be so tough because I'm pretty sure when when that time comes, like Boldy, Rossi, those guys are all going to need their second contract. So Because I, I think whoever they have to get rid of this year to fit the cap next year, they're going to replace them because they have a really nice prospect pool. Um, they've got uh, like Wallstead and Met probably soon because their goalies are a bit expensive with Fleury and Talbot. Um, they got Rossi coming in, Boldy coming in. That, those are probably going to be two top six forwards right away, at least middle six. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the over as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree completely. I think with, especially with those two forwards, Boldy, Rossi coming in, I, I think if they hit their potential or not even their potential, but like even Boldy's already shown he can be a very productive player in the league. So if, if Rossi can even come in and be productive, um, I think they'll be just fine. Do you know how Boldy has been doing? Because he came into the league and was lighting it up and people kind of talked. We're speaking really high of him. Um, and I haven't really heard his name much since. I'm just going to pull up what he's doing this year, unless you have it. Um, he's at 34 points in 40 games with 14 goals. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's solid. Um, I think he was over a point a game for his first couple of weeks. So maybe he's probably regressed like a little bit to where he was expected to be, but still it's pretty wicked production for a 20 year old. And Rossi too is like a year behind from yeah. COVID. So yeah. And well, he's lighting up the AHL right now, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so... And that's, um, like, even with a year where, like, it wasn't even, like, he sat out a year of hockey like everyone did. Like, his health was questioned. Yeah, no, he, he was like sitting was out when everyone else was getting better. Mm. Like, it wasn't, like, a thing where everyone was stalled. Um, but, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to go now. Uh, over the weekend, um, Crosby reached 1,400 points. Um, I believe the number is Ovechkin's at 1405 and Crosby's at 1402. Um, Ovechkin's played, I think, over like 150 more games than Crosby, but it's still crazy that they're so close to each other. Do you guys think Crosby gets to 1800 career points? So another four, 400 points in his career. I guess Loop Ovian in that too. So both of them, do you think, get to 1800? I say both do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think both do. Crosby I, for sure. Think so? Yeah. Just because so I think I think Ovi is just gonna not stop playing until he catches Gretzky. Yeah. And so I think like almost just because of playing for so long, Ovi will just get there. And then but Crosby misses so much time, not as much like as he did early in his career, but even this year he missed a bunch of time at the start of the year. And so I, I hope he does, it'd be cool. Um I don't think either of them become the first or first since Gretzky, I guess they get to 2000. Um, but I have a second one that kind of leads from that one. Um, can I go again? Or do you guys want to go and come back to me? Go for yeah, it. We, we can do a snake draft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Who do you guys think ends up with more points in their career? Crosby, Ovechkin, or McDavid? McDavid. I think he's going to hit 2,000. You think, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's hard not to pick McDavid. I, I, I kind of think McDavid's going to be the first guy to get to 2,000 as well. Not Gret like besides Gretzky, obviously. Yeah. Um, just like the pace he's on at the start of his career and the fact that he's probably still got five or six years left at this current production. Um, yeah, I, I say he does it. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay ryan you're up no that's not how a snake draft works yeah it is oh wait it, yeah. it, was, it was jack then you <laughs> by me. definition is hey, yeah i messed up did you not have them on the screen ready to go I, I didn't have it on the screen i tried to pass it off okay okay 
Um, if McDavid stays with Edmonton his whole career, over under 1.5 cups. See, that's tough because I just don't think he's gonna. Yeah, I don't think he'll stay, but I don't think he will either. But okay, okay, uh, okay. After we answer this question, I have a. a okay, a... if for McDavid's career, I'll say over. But if he stays in Edmonton, I'll say under because they can't. Do, they're just so bad. Like they can't manage a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, since the question was if he stays with Edmonton, I'm gonna say under. Yeah. I, I also think under. You, you, you can <laughs> be <concur. laughs> There's been no debate so far. Everyone's agreed on everything. <laughs> I really wish more hot take that this was my idea. I feel <laughs> um, okay, so to, to sort of break off of the uh, McDavid Cups situation, who do you guys think he plays for after Edmonton if he leaves? And do you think it's by trade or by his contract ending? I think they trade him to LA to repeat history. Fuck off. <laughs> For like $15 million in cash and yeah. like picks. It's, I think it will be trade because I don't think he's going to want to do that. How many more years is it? I think he's got four more after this one. <sighs> yeah, trade. Um, but like, how do you make a trade like that? I think. I don't think he's going to ask for a trade because I think they're going to keep on making the playoffs um, because that division is weak. Unless that division just comes out of nowhere and just like is crazy. Like I, I don't see how Edmonton struggles in the playoff or to make the playoffs. Although I guess if they keep getting swept or something, I just, I don't know. I don't think he's going to request a trade because I think Edmonton's going to be like constantly a few pieces away, but obviously since it's Edmonton, they're never going to get those pieces. Um, and I think he goes to Toronto as a free agent. Um, and then pictures are released of him in Toronto PJs. Yeah, no, but okay, so that's the thing is, is Tavares comes off of Toronto's cap the year before McDavid is a free agent. Like Tavares has three more years left after this one and McDavid has four. And you'd think that by then the cap will have gone up so you can kind of go money in, money out with a slight bump up for McDavid. Well, not slight, but... A significant, like you get 11 million off the cap with Tavares and then you go sign McDavid the next year. At least I think that's what's going to happen. Because I think, I think he wants to be a Leaf. I feel like he definitely even making the playoffs. Like if they keep going to the playoffs and losing in however many games and he puts up two, three points every game and they lose four, three, he's going to get tired of that. Do you, like I think they're going to win around this year though. Like I think, I think if they win around this year, you he buy like that buys him another at least two years in Edmonton. Anything short of conference finals, which I don't think they'll get, is probably not enough for him. Really, I just think that that's almost like an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, if, if you if you're McDavid though, do you want to win one round? Like, why does that matter? Yeah, but I just think that like if if he if he gets that round, um, it almost would like mistakenly make him buy into what Edmonton's doing because of that quote-unquote production even though their first round opponent's gonna be like LA or something um I don't I don't think that's enough like it he's the best player in the world it's not time for baby steps like he should by his talent he should already at least have a finals appearance I think that's unfair I think I think judging um, like team-based performance on one player's skill is kind of unfair, especially in hockey. Yeah, but I'm not saying it's fair, but I'm saying like that's the expectation. Okay. What do you think a McDavid trade looks like in terms of assets? I think you almost got I think you almost gotta start with like the best player on your team. Really? So you think that like if Okay, what's an example? Um, like, what kind of team? Like, let's say, I'm, like I'm talking, like I'm talking McDavid for Matthews. Shut the. F- <laughs> okay, so LA is not happening because Gretzky already happened. There's no way. What's That'd a be dip- so fucking funny. It'd be hilarious, but it's not going to happen. Um, they have a good prospect pool. They should rehire Shirelli. Um, he'll do it. Um, 
so so let's say like so ryan you think that if a team is inquiring about ed uh, about mcdavid like best player on the team immediately as part of the trade well you you got to be able to be good i think you got to get like players that are really good now and futures out of it like this has to be an insane package like i i'm trying to think of a good example if mcdavid goes does dry go too I don't know. He'd probably want to, but yeah, I don't think Edmonton would do both. See, so that's like that's just so tough. Like, I think they probably try to position it to bring back a second star for Drysaitel. So use McDavid to get a second star, so that Drysaitel can be the guy, and then use like the asset bump to sort of create some depth around Drysaitel. Yeah, that, that or something star. like that. Yeah. Interesting. I kind of hate these conversations. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's just so hard to project because, like, I want it to happen. It's just, yeah. like, it's not for a while, I don't think. Do you think if a team narrowly misses the playoffs next year and wins the lottery for Connor Bedard, that kickstarts a talk? For a McDavid dr- trade? Like a team that has an asset, the top asset, and can give up the first pick. So, so sort of like if, if, if it's a, a, a Lafreniere situation where like if a team as good as the Rangers gets the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. No. I think if someone gets that pick, they keep it. Because all of a sudden you get Bedard on that rookie contract for three years. I think anyway. Unless it's like, and the new um, lottery rules kind of prevent that from happening again. True. You have to be bottom 10 to get that pick. So, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you guys think if Edmonton gets swept again, like if, if, if they face LA or Vegas and they get swept in the first round or like they lose like 4-1 or whatever, it's not close. Do you guys think that this summer could be like the soonest possible time that you really start to see some significant shit going down in Edmonton in terms of like maybe McDavid throwing shade at the organization or – like teams sort of like lurking around the situation to see if McDavid sort of squeaks loose. I feel like teams are already lurking. Really? And I think if they, how can you not keep track of that? Like if McDavid becomes available. True. Like every, every bad situation they have, I would be in the GM's ear. Like if, if you want, <laughs> I can help you out here. If they get swept, he's gone. He won't play next year for them. Really? Oh man, that's so bold. I love it. I love it. Cause I, I honestly think he's done with it too. Like I, I don't think if they get swept, he's gone this year. I don't necessarily think that. But I think it definitely starts planting the seeds in his head. Like, how much longer do I really want to be here in this situation? Like we haven't done anything. No. And we have like two of the best, let's say five players in the world for argument's sake. Like, come on. I think the seeds are already there when he joined a team for the 45th straight first overall pick and they couldn't do shit. Yeah. I like, I think it's been growing the whole time. I've, I've read rumors that he was hoping the Leafs would win the lottery in that draft. Oh, how could you not? Yeah. Well, fair enough. Cause it's probably Leafs Twitter posted <laughs> on shit, but whatever. Um, okay. Let's move on. Whose turn is it? Jack? Would you package Mitch Marner? Like, would that be attractive for Edmonton? So, it, so if you're Toronto, you're packaging Marner plus a bunch plus of Plus, like, every prospect David. they have and their next three firsts or something stupid. To have, oh. Matthews, to have Matthews and McDavid on the same team? Hell yeah. Like, I think that's a no-brainer for Toronto, but is that going to interest Edmonton? You think like that's a no-brainer Marner... for Toronto to trade Marner in that much for McDavid? So, let's say, let's say the package is Marner... Like, who are their good prospects? Nice. Are you saying, like, top, two top prospects? Yeah, or, like, I mean, it would and depend, picks. like, which prospects and which picks. But, like, if it's Marner, three firsts, and Nice, I'd do it easy if I'm Toronto. Would you do that if you're Edmonton? That's what I'm asking. I don't think I'd do that if I'm Toronto. Like, is Marner a good enough player to base that around? I don't know if I'd do that if I'm Toronto, though. 
Like, I, I think giving up three firsts and your second best player, who's arguably a top 10 player already, like, that's just wild. But you're getting McDavid. So, like, like can you imagine McDavid and Matthews together? And, like, right now, there it goes McDavid, Matthews, a big gap to three. Like, there's... Yeah, but this isn't think... basketball. Like, I don't know if that would work. Because you've seen, you've seen what two of the top three players in the world on the same team do for you. But I don't think Dreisaitl, as much as he is a top five player, he's nowhere near Matthews. I still just don't think that that works in hockey. I like if like there really hasn't been a move made to make a hockey super team. Like we saw how Parisi and Suter worked out. That yeah, was but those thing. are two like B level players going to no, but like that's the closest I can think of where two guys joined up. Yeah, in hockey, like there we, hasn't been a real test for it. We have less than a minute um, in this meeting, so let's continue this conversation in like two minutes. Thank you. All right. All right. Okay, so we're back, um, and we were talking about a potential McDavid for Marner plus picks and prospects package. Um, where were we? I just want to shout out. There's a sick space for an ad right there if anyone wants it. <laughs> Put an ad in between the two. We already got to cut our fucking audio. Throw an ad in if any of our seven listeners are interested in advertising. <laughs> Mom, if you want to advertise. <laughs> not yeah, even, ad. not even, not even. Literally us twice. Like that's I told not... you I don't listen back. <laughs> so someone's out there listening. We should just fill it with some made up ad. <laughs> do our own do ad. fake ads for brands we like <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so it was it was mcdavid for marner plus nice and like three firsts or whatever two firsts um i just i don't think so you were saying the super team thing hasn't been tried in hockey yet no it and, hasn't and the reason for that is because of the salary cap and it's more of a team sport than basketball. But. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and there's less sort of maneuvering that a team can do to fit players with high salaries that would constitute a super team to get them together. In the NBA, there's a whole bunch of different rules with like signing trades and bird rights, bird rights, bunch of stuff like that. Teams trade picks from 50 years from now. Um, but in the NHL, like Toronto traded their second rounder in 2025 or whatever to get rid of the richie contract and everyone was shocked because nobody sees picks traded that far in advance um and like and like seeing all the picks from 2024 at this deadline this past deadline get thrown around that was wild like you never see that so i just i don't know obviously it'd be different when you get a a top top two or top one if you're mcdavid trade package but i just i just don't know that sacrificing your top prospect and all of your future draft capital. I just don't know that that like sort of does enough to bring in McDavid over Marner. Like, I I think you only do it if you're Toronto, if you assume that somehow Tavares is off the team already, because then you're just making that top three salary situation even worse. Like you would want to, you want to want Tavares out. Yeah. So then you'd have McDavid, Matthews, and Tavares. And no one's taking Tavares. And that's even if he even wants to go because he has a full no move. Yeah. What if they do that and just run three forward lines? Just have give them three. each, th- give them each 20 minutes a night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what would end up happening. It's just, it just cut like, four mil off your payroll. You don't have third, to pay for a fourth third line center, John Tavares. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. If I'm, if I'm Edmonton, I guess I would take that, but like, I don't even think that happens because like, I don't think Toronto would touch that. Yeah. The more I think about it, I don't think Toronto does it. I actually really like it. The more I think about it for Edmonton's perspective, but like Marner is so freaking good. Yeah. Like, like he's top 10 easily player. And if McDavid wants out, are you going to get a, I'm. I was just about to say, are you going to get a better player offered to you than Marner? But you probably don't get Marner offered to you either. No, this that's a complete thing. hypothetical. Yeah, and that's that's what this segment is hypotheticals. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I just don't, I don't think that a player, cause I almost don't even like, I get it. It's a step forward, but I feel like if you're getting McDavid, you, you don't want to be giving up your, your second best player who is also probably the best winger in the NHL at this moment. Eh, maybe not best winger, but like he's a top three winger in the league, top 10 player, whatever. However you want to describe Mitch Marner. Um, I just, yeah, no. I think if there was oh, a way, I... I think if there was a way for Toronto to get McDavid without giving up either Marner or Matthews, you do it in a heartbeat. But again, like, is that a possibility? I, I doubt it. No, and at that point, you're going to be shelling all your depth out to equal the salary, I think. Like, what if it's okay? So let's say the Leafs, because hmm. I'm 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 pretty sure Nylander's gone after this season. So let's just throw this out there. Like, I think it'd be a bit too soon for a McDavid trade. But like, if you're Edmonton and the Leafs come to you with Nylander, uh, like Nyes, Niemela, whatever, a bunch of prospects, and like their next three first round picks. Like, does that is that even close for you? No, because how? how like, enough. are you gonna are you gonna get a better player than William Nylander in a trade for McDavid? Definitely, I think. Yeah. You think you think you're gonna get a guy who's better than thirty goals, eighty points a year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I <laughs> I don't know. I just have a hard time. I have a hard time seeing that. Like, if you're gonna come come to me with William Nylander, Nyes, and Nick Robertson, and three firsts for McDavid, like value wise, that feels close. Yep. Like, if we're looking at it from, like, an expected war value, but there needs to be a star power in there. You can't get away with trading but, McDavid and not getting a bigger star. So, like, you, you think you're going to get a guy who puts up, like, 40 goals or 90 points in a season or 100 points in a season? Because, like, yeah. Nylander's going to put up 80 points this year. But does he do that with Edmonton minus McDavid? Well, I mean, he's been playing on Toronto's third line for half the season. There's benefits to playing that deep in the lineup, though. You face weaker opponents. Yeah, but he's played on the top line before too, and did the same thing. I don't. I don't like. I don't think it's a big enough guarantee there. Yeah, but that's the thing. You're trading away McDavid, so like, how much leverage do you like? Do you, who do you think has the leverage if McDavid asks out? Like, do you think Edmonton has the ability to be like, no, screw you guys. This is the best player. Since like 31 teams in the league are going to be making offers, they have all the leverage they want. Yeah, but how, like, you really think that there's going to be, oh, I guess I've already said this, but like, how many, how many teams, like, I'm trying to look at teams and just think of who they might offer. I just don't see many teams that would be in a position to trade a player as good as William Nylander that would be willing to. I think if McDavid's out there, there's really no or very few untouchables league wide. Yeah. I just, like, I get that. It's just kind of, like, if so you, okay, so if you want, because these trades happen all the time in basketball, do you think that this would be sort of like a a Kawhi for DeRozan situation where you're getting a better player, but you kind of have to trade your franchise player to get him? Yeah. Okay. And that worked out damn well for Toronto. Eichel for McDavid, book it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. I frig, I want it to happen. Can you imagine how much drama? Like, that'd be just so entertaining to see that happen. And, like, you, you can talk about McDavid has, like, he can say, I'll sit out the year for Edmonton. I won't play for you. And that puts on a time crunch for Edmonton. But they still have all the leverage because they have 31 teams on hold. And they can just go back and forth. Nobody's going to not take their call. Yeah, but how often... I guess trade requests don't happen as much in the NHL, but like we're kind of, it's sort of sports are getting to a point where players have a lot more power than they used to. And it's starting to seem like if a player wants out, they sort of just get their way. And that's what I'm saying is he'll still get out in the timeline he wants, but he's so good. That won't be valuable for other teams negotiating. Cause if a team goes, Oh, you know what? We're going to wait a month and see how our season starts. Okay. There's 10 other teams still waiting for an offer. I just, I don't know. I feel like McDavid, because, so if you sort of look around the league, like, obviously it's kind of hard to go too far in just by scrolling through the standings and looking at the teams and thinking of players. But 
like you'd think that a team like Anaheim would be sort of interesting for that. Like just a team with a bunch of cap space who doesn't really have like the guy on their team yet. And so in that trade, you would think that Edmonton asks for Zegris, like obviously. But John then Gibson probably be a piece. How do you fill in $12 million in players without taking a step back? Like nobody has that high of salaries that are like sort of willing to trade. I, I just think Nylander like is combination of being an 80 point guy and his $7 million salary. Like I just, I think that fills two sort of requisites necessary for a McDavid trade. Unless like you said, it ends up being like a Kawhi for DeRozan situation where you just trade your best player, regardless of the optics of the situation, because you're getting a better player. Off the top of my head, I throw Carolina out there, Sebastian yeah. Aho. I, I was literally just looking at Carolina and thinking, like, I feel like that would be a good example of something that theoretically could work. So, like, so basically, similar package as Toronto with Nylander, except substitute Aho plus maybe another roster player or two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would probably be how it would have to happen. And I would like, put that ahead of the Toronto pick. Yeah, okay. Because I just, I don't know, I was almost trying to, like, make it so that it wouldn't be best player for best player, but now that I think about it, and based off of what you guys have said, it kind of has to be that. So, like, or, like, if you did, like, the Rangers, you'd do, like, Zibanejad or whatever. Maybe not, obviously, Ajo's a step up from Zibanejad, but something along those lines. Basically, you'd want to get that team's top center. Yeah, and then you could throw, like, Kako and Lafreniere and names out there. Like, they don't really need that. It's going to be the Rangers, isn't it? It's, it's probably going totally to be the Rangers. It's so the Rangers, fuck. Matt Barzell, imagine Lou fucking comes to them with a <laughs> basketball-style offer. No, but think about that. Zabenejad, Lafreniere, Kako, a first. Two firsts. Two firsts. And like, Throwing I'm- one of their defensemen, Braden Schneider. Yeah, or like Keandre Miller or something. Yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be the Rangers. Oh, it's totally going to be the Rangers. <laughs> God <Shit>. damn it. <laughs> oh, all right. We should probably move on. We've been talking about a fake trade for too long. <laughs> Unless you guys have anything more to add on. Uh, where, didn't we start with points? Was this? Oh, no, it was over under on cups. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so Jack, you're up. Okay, I got to scratch one off my list because I had a McDavid trade hypothetical already okay okay two versus a field would you do it this year say that what two versus the field in the playoffs two versus the field like pick two teams and then the rest like the field is the rest yeah oh okay so which teams am i picking you gotta pick the teams if you're willing to take the bet oh okay the way you worded it was weird um ryan do you have an answer right away or do you want me to go first you go first. Shit. Okay. Um, I would normally, I really want to go Colorado because I almost feel like a conference finals appearance for them is almost a given. But like, I don't know if you guys have looked at the standings lately, but St. Louis is just out of their mind right now. And like, based off of Colorado being basically just second round Leafs, like not being able to get past the second round with this core so far, I just don't trust them that much. Um, Damn it. I I don't know if there's two teams I would pick over the field. Like, is that a cop-out answer? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. I'll, I'll go Colorado, Calgary. That's so what I was, if I was going to take two, that's what I was leaning, because I think you're guaranteed a 50-50 in the final for one of those two teams. Yeah. As I much think... as a guarantee can be in playoff hockey. Yeah. Shit. See, so my immediate immediate thought was one east, one west, but I kind of like the two from the same conference idea. And you definitely want to stay away from the east. I'm about to copy my answer, copy Ryan's answer, and just take a long time to get to it. Yeah, you're taking your own path. But <laughs> it's amazing to see how you think. <laughs> oh man, I love. I really like Carolina, but I just that division. I'm going to go 
Oh, fuck you guys. Um, Colorado, St. Louis. Oh, but one of those teams has to lose to the other in the second round. This is hard. Amazing to see you reach the conclusions everyone else already reached. (laughs) I'm trying to choose a different answer. (laughs) I'm going to go with Rangers and Avalanche. All right, they're both losing in the first round. I, guess. I didn't. I was. I was like fully like okay, Tampa, Colorado. But earlier in the podcast, I said I don't think Tampa's gonna win another cup, <laughs> so I didn't want to like backtrack on that. So I'm gonna go. I like. I like how Shusterkin. I like the Shusterkin factor. I think the Rangers are gonna walk over Pittsburgh in the first round. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rangers and Avalanche. Jack, what's yours? Oh, I already said that I had Colorado, Calgary as well. Oh, so you guys had the same one? And I had it like two weeks ago when I made the question. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the best choice. I just, I should have gone first so I could use it. I didn't want to copy Ryan. And I already talked about it before on the pod that Colorado Calgary is my conference final. I got like precedent to back up me not copying. Does, if, if Vegas gets in, does that scare you? No. No? Even if they can unleash their $105 million team or whatever it is? (laughs) I like, I I don't see it clicking for them. I'd be terrified of Vegas if they get in. I th- do you think Vegas beats Edmonton if they catch LA? I think just about anyone has a chance against Edmonton right now. Well, yeah, yeah. Like it's, I don't consider them a favorite in the first round. I I think. What about that again? Okay, I think I I would take Edmonton over LA though. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think it would be a sure thing. Like it would be a seven game series. I think. Even without Dowdy. Yeah. Ryan, were you going to hop in there? Yeah, I was just going to say, if it's Edmonton, Vegas, I think I picked Vegas. Me too. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That was a, that was a tricky one. I, that was very, very well, very well picked question. Um, Thank you. Do you have another one to follow it up? I don't. You don't? Not as good. Uh, well, okay, but like it's just it's the next one, and we're doing a snake draft. I I have a stupid one. Okay, we'll wait your fucking turn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you we'll do. You didn't have another one. We're gonna do one. I said more it wasn't each. gonna be as good. I still have one. We're gonna do one more each. Jack, then Ryan, then me, then we're done. Okay. <laughs> okay. How many years until the Sabers make the playoffs? Are you about to list off options or just okay? I can if you. It need sounded to. like it was about to be a multiple choice question. It is like formatted as a multiple choice, but the choices are one, two, three, <laughs> four, five plus. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, oh man, uh, I say three years. Yeah. I go like three or four. I think I say three. Man, the East is gonna be so hard to crack for some of these rebuilding teams, especially in that Atlantic division. Because only like Florida's not Florida's not going anywhere. Toronto's not going anywhere. Tampa doesn't look like they're going anywhere. I the only team I could see kind of falling out of that is Boston. But even then, they've got like McAvoy and Pasternak, and they just never have bad seasons. Like just the team in general. And then you've got you've got Detroit and Ottawa, who are both sort of you'd think are going to make take some steps next year. But like I said, I like Buffalo over those two teams in their rebuild. Um. Yeah, I think I think three to four years for Buffalo. Two years for me. Two. Yeah, I think they miss again next year, and they make it the year after. What about Ottawa and Detroit? Let's do all three. Yeah. So. I, I think Ottawa is two years and I think Buffalo's further away. So that's kind of where I, why I put Buffalo at three to four. So do you think three to four years lines up with when Tampa maybe starts to come down a bit? Cause that's when, that's when some of those guys are gonna be like 34, 35. Yeah. Like I, I think when Ottawa eventually makes it, it's probably as the wild card over a team like Boston. Yeah. Um, and then whenever kind of i guess buffalo spot would be when either florida or tampa comes down what about detroit or toronto Um, like do you think detroit 
cracks in before either of those two teams or like it's just such a shit show yeah like i i think ottawa detroit is kind of like a flip a coin one of those two teams is probably going to get in in the next two years um and then i think buffalo is a little bit further behind that but i i I have no clue between Ottawa and, and Detroit. I think they're pretty close to each other. The funniest part too is that Montreal is going to be a lot better next year too. Yeah. Like they're not this bad of a team. No. No, they're, it's definitely going to be some regression because they're not as good as they were on the finals run, but they're not as bad as they are this year. So. Yeah. Like I, I genuinely think that, especially with a healthy carry price, and even though he's not really much of a regular season goalie, um, I just think that with Martin St. Louis in there and what Caulfield's done, like he could legitimately score 30 or 40 next year. And I know everyone had, had him doing that this year, and, but then, I don't know, Ducharme. But, like, just the Atlantic is so gross. I guess those wild card spots could, op- could open up because you'd think that eventually Washington loses grip on their consistent playoff hold. Pittsburgh's going to get older before, like, Boston and Tampa get older because, like, Crosby and Ovechkin are both in their mid or almost late 30s now like i think malkin's 36 isn't he same age as ovechkin um yeah i don't know i think i think three to four years for buffalo i think i think ottawa definitely misses next year but then pushes the next following season but maybe like not for another couple more seasons for ottawa and then i think detroit's kind of right in there too yeah i i think i see ottawa as like a 500 team next year hopefully um and then kind of makes that next step after that. Um, I, Detroit, I feel like, is kind of in, kind of in a similar pattern. Both teams, I think, need to take a swing and go get a player. But yeah. It's just crazy. I have so much more confidence that either Detroit or Buffalo are going to take a swing than Ottawa. Yeah. Like, like, Ottawa has such a clear path to being a good team again. And I just – it just feels like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like I've maybe not that it won't happen. It'll just take longer than it should because uh, maybe that'll change with a new owner or maybe less sort of helicopter GMing coming down from Melnick because I I definitely think that Pierre Dorian is gun shy, but I guess we'll see. Do you have anything more on that one, Jack? I'd put Ottawa out of those three as the longest to make the playoffs. Okay. I think with, like, Matt Murray being tied up still, like, they have the biggest question mark. Well, he's only two more years, and they've, like, Forsberg's the starter now. Yeah, but I just don't trust that, like, from a long-term or playoff perspective. Like, like that doesn't feel like a playoff starting tandem type of thing. True. Um, and Buffalo and Detroit both have, like, not necessarily blue chip prospects because goalies are fucking ridiculous, but closer to. I think they have, if you look at like a, cent- a top center, a top defenseman, a top goalie as your three core pieces, they're more Buffalo. Who's Buffalo's? That Finnish kid? Levi. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. They also have uh, Uka Pekalukunen. Fuck, yeah, and which, the, like, Detroit has Casa. Ryan, the Sens are fucked. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I like Forsberg, though. I do think there's you know, I, still some good. Um, I like Sogard too. Yeah, I think Sogard could be really good. He's still super young, but like he's six seven. He's huge in the net, and he's actually pretty mobile too. Um, so I think there's some good potential there. But Gustafson's kind of taken a step back this year. It looks like he's going to get a couple games before the end of the year. So we'll kind of see where he's at. But Gustafson. Yeah, yeah. He he just came back up. So. Um, yeah, Ottawa's definitely a little further behind in the goalie department, but I think as in terms of having their lineup set moving forward, they're getting really close to having that. Like the decor is going to be pretty close to set next year, and even the forward core um, with Pinto coming in and whoever else they bring in, it's going to be looking much better, I think. No, yeah, it's definitely not like a, a shot against Ottawa. I do love how they're set up, but if I had to like put money, I'm going with the safer teams. And I think right now that's Buffalo and Detroit. Oh yeah. yeah. Like and if if I was a betting man, I'm taking the team that Steve Eiserman is the GM of. Yeah, that too. And with with goalies, goalies are can be the difference maker in the playoffs. So 
They're voodoo. Yeah, really. So I think in terms of like projecting success, I do think you can probably put Buffalo and Detroit ahead of them right now just because their goaltending situations probably are a lot more solid than Ottawa's right now. All I'm hearing is that you guys agree with my Buffalo take from last episode. Um, okay, so... so Not at all, but... <laughs> um, okay, Ryan, you said you have a goofy one. Yeah, this one's kind of stupid, but I'm going to ask. I'm here, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, okay, what comes first for the Coyotes? A playoff game or relocation? That's a fun one. I'll say, say a playoff play- game because yeah. Gary Bettman's still in charge. Yeah, me too. I I kind of want to take relocation because their their new like permanent rink isn't a sure thing yet. I don't think I want to see rink- a playoff game at ASU. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be <laughs> insane. I don't think I don't think that team's moving until Batman retires. Yeah. Or steps down or however that works for a commissioner. For the sake of being different, I'll go relocation. Okay. okay where do you think they go? Quebec. No. Houston. It's Houston all the way. It's 100% Houston. Yeah, you'd it's have to probably sh- Houston. If it's Quebec, you'd have to shift a bunch of shit around with divisions and stuff. Yeah. And the Canadian Houston, dollars. Houston makes more sense uh, for the divisions. You're right. NHL doesn't want another Canadian team. They don't even want seven. They wouldn't even want Denny if they had the choice. It's true. Actually, no, that's not true. They would want Toronto, and that's it. Maybe Montreal. Um, anything else on that one? No. Quick hitter. Um, okay. Last one. Houston Apollo team name, calling it now. Not bad, not bad. Um, the uh, the the logo is like the, like the like that green alien emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, if you guys had control of the NHL for a day, how would you change, if you would, the NHL's point system? I think the international three two one format's the way to go for it. Ryan. I I have no clue. I I definitely don't like the current system we have now, but I don't know what what the better system is. So there was a there was a down goes brown article for the athletic. Ryan, I don't know if you ever read those or Jack. I I, I, didn't, I know what one you're talking about. So I didn't he, re- I didn't read the article, but I I heard them have a conversation about it on the podcast. He talked about whether the overtime loss point is should be considered a bonus point or a loser point. I think those uh, that's how he worded it today, Jack. Yeah. And so basically, his 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 theory was that the game ended, both teams get a point because it's a tie, and now in overtime you're playing for the extra point, or is it the team wins and gets two points, and the other team just gets the loser point? And so it was kind of a redundant argument. It was, it was like the, the whole argument sake of the article was kind of annoying, but like the, the theory kind of behind it was interesting. Cause like, I personally would rather ties than um, like the overtime and overtime loss point and shootout. Like if I had to choose, I would go with how um, like the NBA or NFL have it where you still do overtime, but if it doesn't end, then either you, so, so if it ends in overtime, you get two points and the losing team, team gets none. Or if it doesn't end in overtime, then it's a tie. Like it is in the NFL. Do you give it a point if it's ties or nobody gets anything? Both teams get one point if it doesn't end in overtime. See, I, so I you like... would go for like a games back format instead of points, really. No, because you'd still... So I guess technically, yeah. Because you could count one point as being half a game back. Um. But you could Literally, still do the yeah. points. Pardon? That's yeah, like, like that's what I was thinking. Okay. So, but I don't think the NHL would ever do that because I think they love their points. But in in essence, it would essentially go to a games back situation. See, I I like having ties as an outcome after the overtime too. But I think you gotta give zero points. So you think? So let's say let's say they change that'd it. That'd be to, interesting. You you, you got to incentivize them to pull your goalie go overtime, house league style. Yeah, that's true because the the coaches would go ruin it and just yeah. sort of mail it in in overtime so that both teams get a point. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man, that's that's interesting. Anything that gets rid of the shootout gets my vote. What about? I like the a, shootout. I don't. I, I hate it. it. It's, hate it. It's terrible. 
so it's fun. That's such time. a bad opinion. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, why do you like it? Fun. I always loved being in them. Do you like it? Like, I just think it like completely crushes the momentum of the game, especially with three on three. When it was four and four, it was like whatever shootout. But now with three on three being so electric most of the time, I just think the shootout ruins it. I'd be fine. Like, I love three on three. I'd be fine with it being extended to kind of further cut down on shootouts, but I don't think shootouts are necessarily a bad thing. Like, I, I think they're a fun time to watch them. I enjoy when it happens. I, I just hate a team sport being decided by basically an individual skills competition. Yeah, like, I, I agree with that argument, but at the same time, like, I, I, don't, I don't think it really matters because I think the, the guys that go in the shootout are the ones that are going to make a difference anyways for the most part. I don't love the argument that, like, calling the shootout like a skill competition type thing because like three on three is basically that as well um, yeah they're, they're like, both they're, gim- they're, they're both, both in the game and yeah the game. so that was what i was getting at both yeah. of them are gimmicks so people saying i don't like the shootout because it's a gimmick is like okay well like three on three but like Fair three enough. on three is just better in my opinion yeah no i but agree with that i would i would personally rather see 10 minutes of three on three and if the game doesn't over end it's a tie yeah um but i that that question that um, proposal about no points in an overtime game is really interesting. Um, Another what about, league issue solved. <laughs> what about what about if uh, what about instead of doing no points, you just do no more loser points? So, um, you basically you do overtime and your shootout, you keep it the same, but there's no loser point. So it's yeah. just it's two po- or or one point if you win in overtime and zero points if you lose in overtime. To incentivize finishing the game in regulation. Yeah, I'm all for incentivizing scoring. Like, I, I still think even the loser point system right now, like, you'll see teams play super defensive in the last, like, five minutes be like, okay, let's get to overtime get a point. Yeah. Yeah. And then even in overtime, sometimes you can see yeah. some teams being really passive and just being like, okay, let's get to the coin flip. Yeah. What about, okay, what about... Two points if you finish it in overtime, but then only one if you get to a shootout. So, so no more loser point. You earn two points. The other team gets none if you win in overtime. You only get one point if you win in a shootout. Or is that getting a bit silly? I think we're getting a bit silly. Yeah, okay. Um, That's a ridiculous, horrible take. <laughs> you should I, be ashamed. I, I really want shootouts out and if i had the choice i would rather the game end in a tie than end in a shootout i think everyone who wants shootouts out just didn't get their name called for the shootout list like it shows that you just didn't get picked hey this isn't about me it feels like you're making it about you (laughs) whatever um okay so it's settled then no shootouts All right. Awesome. This has been an electric end to this episode. Uh, do, you, do you guys have anything else you want to add? I, I don't have anything else. No. <laughs> I was genuinely hoping that you guys would just be silent for that. And then I'd be like, all right, that's it. Hit the outro. <laughs>